Welcome to Living in Harmony, a podcast for Christian parents who want to make the peace in their household without sacrificing their sanity. Here, we talk about everything from sibling rivalry to dating and how to raise your kids to be strong in their faith while maintaining your own. But don't worry, we're not all preachy here. That's the purpose of your church and your pastor. Here, we're here for you to help you know you are not alone in this crazy journey called parenthood. So whether you're a seasoned pro or a brand new parent, Living in Harmony, this is the podcast for you. So grab some coffee and join us as we navigate the ups and downs of raising kids in a Christian household where the gospel is the center. We're recording, so we are definitely ready. ready. (laughs) Well, uh, welcome back to Living in Harmony. If this is your first time here, my name is Delmar. I'm Robert. And I'm April. And we get the awesome, awesome chance to hang out every single week, talk about things parents are going through, students are going through. We've uh, we've been really leaning into some tough stuff this season because we've been talking about how a family should be equipped more like a battleship than a cruise ship. And uh, a cruise ship, everything's provided for you, and that's that's coming. That's in the future. That's uh, when we die. But right now, we're in a, a hostile culture. We're in a culture that does not share the worldviews we have, and they actually would love to destroy our worldviews. So um, the last few weeks, we've been getting some some comments in. I've been getting some personal texts. Y'all been getting some messages, just questions. So today, we're going to take a little detour and have some fun. Does that sound good? Like I'm fun. ready. And uh, and I'll go ahead and preface this by saying today we're going to be talking about some questions that um, parents and, and, and future parents have been sending in to us. And if you have any, feel free to message us. You can uh, send us a message on our Facebook page, on our group. You can also um, connect with us on Spotify, iTunes, all those other places. We are almost 40 episodes into this bad boy. You know, I heard the average podcast doesn't last. How much was it? What did you say, three? It was three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We'll do it even if no one's listening. Even if no one. We're like the Nikki Haley of podcasts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but seriously, uh, we are grateful for everyone who does listen. And uh, welcome. We are who we are. So today we have some questions that we're going to get into. I'm going to ask them. I'm going to throw it your way and we'll just pick it up. I got one first. Go for that it. Y'all don't know. Woo. This one you've not seen. So I figured let's come out the bat blind. Ready? Ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. How do I navigate the challenge of planning family vacations or outings that appeal to both my teenager and the rest of the family? Good Ooh. luck. I'm ready to learn. Ooh. When you say rest of the family, are they thinking like everybody else is a lot younger than teenage or um, older? The rest of the family. All Just right. how do you Just plan vacations? Maybe we need yep. to go both ways with that. Go ahead. We should. I have what may seem like a really simplistic answer, but it and it actually goes beyond just vacations but when you get your kids involved in the creative process and they are able to help be part of um, the decision making and they're able to like have their input counted into it they have more feeling of ownership and I think it makes a lot of things go over better and so one of the things that may seem simplistic but works to some degree is you you talk about it together as a family and you talk you preface it by talking about the fact that like acknowledge right up front that we all do have different preferences different likes different things somebody might be wanting their idea of a great vacation might be that they're just sitting on a little floaty in some water scrolling through you know TikTok videos all all the time somebody else might want to be hiking but 
everybody gets to contribute to some things they want to do as part of it. And then you sort of craft something that can incorporate some of everybody's things if you can. And then you have this understanding that we're all going to be respectful for this. When, when we all, when it's time for all of us to watch that goofy little cartoon that the, none of the rest of us want to see and, and you do, we're going to be like nice and watch it and we'll even laugh and pretend we like it. And then when it's time for us to go do this other thing that you might not think is your favorite thing, you're going to go and you're going to participate and have fun <laughs> and, and make it fun. That's, that's the first part. Yeah. yeah and I think there's a good life lesson in that too. I mean, that's, that's a, and thinking back, I mean, I, I remember that you did that with our kids as we were, we were doing some things. Um, and, and that helps to, to, you know, reinforce that life lesson of you don't always get exactly what you want when you <laughs> want it. And, and the world is compromised. And, and, and as, as followers of Christ, one of the things that we're supposed to do is put somebody else's needs in front of ours. And so this is a good concrete example in a way that's pretty low threat to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to put this principle into practice, and you'll get something fun, mm-hmm. right? You know, the hiker will get a hike, you know, maybe, and maybe not everybody goes on everything, you know, depending on what it is. Um, but you'll get, you'll get your fun thing, but you, you'll then have to be in the, uh, you know, you'll be in the, in, the, in the taking and then also in the giving aspect of that. Absolutely. So what I'm hearing is lots of communication. Actually, there's a book that my brother gave me. And I think if you Google it, you can find it. it's a good book. It's called um, Fam- uh, The Family Meeting. And it's basically the power of having a monthly meeting as a family. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds so like corporate. I love it, the sound but, of that. But what do we keep you talking would. about <laughs> over and over again on this podcast? How communication is important. Mm-hmm. So I want to, yeah, sit down beforehand, make your plan. Sometimes I think it's okay to just admit to yourself, your child isn't going to like some things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and you know what's really bad? It's sometimes the things you think they'll like the most. And maybe you spent money on. I know my, my parents took me to Disney World when I was 15. I got there and I was just like, this is not my game. And mm-hmm. I know I hate it looking back on it now because I'm like, I probably make them feel like they wasted their money. Uh, but, but you know, sometimes they just don't connect with the things you're trying to do. So communicating up front is important. I'll also tell you this, uh, leverage your downtime. That's something I would say. Uh, my dad and I, we are big time. Um, we like to go flea markets and yard sales, no matter where we go. So when we go to the mountains, we're actually going there this June. And when we go to the mountains, the family sleeps in. Me and dad and one of my sons, we get up and go to the flea markets mm-hmm. and the yard sales because none of the women want to go. Now, my wife, she likes antique stores and consignment stores. So during the afternoon, while everybody's napping at lunch and after lunch, me and her will get out on the road. In case you can't tell, for me, vacation, if I'm sitting around a house, I've, that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas some people like vacation is sitting around a house. I'm just like, if I'm stuffed up there, I got to go. So everyone's different. Leverage your schedule. Sometimes it's okay to divide and conquer on a vacation. A lot of times you have something in, in, in common with your child and your whole family shouldn't have yeah. to feel guilted into being there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a really, another really important principle in there. It's understanding that people are different, right? And, and what works for you is not necessarily the same thing that's going to work for me, you know, and, and what works for each of your kids may not be exactly the same thing, right? So, you know, think about that, you know, get to know your kids in, in advance, right? Have those conversations. What is it that you would like to do? It goes back to kind of the planning, but there's a, there's a more long-term aspect of that as well. <laughs> and I would like to say something else because I think this is really important. Um, if you have a family situation where most everybody's kind of 
on the same board as far as um, kind of what they want to go and do or what they enjoy doing. And you've got like the one kid who likes something different. I also think it's really important that that you don't go with majority rules all the time mm -hmm. and that the majority has to learn that you've got to value that other kid too. Because if you're the person who's always told, well, everybody else wants to do it this way. Why do you mm. have to be difficult? We're going to do it this way because that's what everybody else wants. You're reinforcing to that kid, or if it's a one of the spouse, if it's one of the parents, you're reinforcing to that your spouse and, or that parent that um, your opinion doesn't matter because it's different than the rest of us, mm. and you just need to go along with it, or else you're the problem. And I think that is a really bad message to send mm. to one of your kids that yeah. because you have a different, you know, God gave you different interests and gave you different skills and talents or, you know, maybe, you know, you like to do something different because that's the way, I mean, God has plans for you with that in your adult years. You're going to grow up and be this person that does something amazing in this one area, but nobody else cares about that. I think you got to compromise and just make sure and value everybody. Yeah. And, and whenever you, I mean, what that's, that's love, right? I mean, that's Philippians two, three, consider other people more important than yourself. It's a great strategy for planning a vacation. Um, you know, the, I think as, as you get older, you start realizing the value of the vacation is being together as the family. Yeah. Yep. It's the so, memories that yeah. you keep when you go. When you yeah. Go so, so sure. I mean, I used to be, and, and to some extent I'm, you know, we still want to do what we want to do, mm -hmm. but I used to be a lot more. I want to do what I want to do. And now it's just like, I just want my kids to have good memories. And, uh, and I think, man, could you imagine as a parent, just, if you just did it one time, I'm going to plan one vacation. And the whole point of this vacation is to give my children good memories. Holy cow. Yeah. It, it probably would look a lot different. You might end up in some stores that you're like, what is this Gen <laughs> Z stuff doing? Um, but then you might can, you might could find, um, find something they like. And the last thing I'll offer is if you have one hobby in, in with your children, if you have one hobby, that's the same, look at where you're going, look and say, what's the one thing we can do this hobby together. It doesn't matter for, for my kids. They like, um, they like video games and you know, I don't play them that much, but I still like them. So we're in a local area. I say, y'all want to go to this game store? Yeah. And, <laughs> and what I'll do is, I mean, I'll find a local arcade and I'll take them there and they don't get Fine. to do that around here. So sometimes it's, it's like that. And, uh, and I would just offer, yeah, go ahead and, and find what, if you have one hobby together, just do that one thing together and, and make a memory and, uh, and, and bring back a souvenir from that, you know? Yeah. So, and also just so you know, like sometimes the, the funnest thing for vacation it's not necessarily the new clothes you bought. It's when you were skipping rocks by the river and your dad said, hey, let's take this rock home. You know, yeah. as long as you're not on an Indian reservation in the mountains, it's an arrowhead. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. and sometimes you talk about memories. Sometimes those memories are the things that don't go right. Yes. Right. The yeah. memory is the tent that falls down in the rain. The memory is, yeah. the you know, someone slipped in the puddle or something like that. So, you know, uh, those are those are I mean let's not pretend that we're going to laugh at those events yeah. as they happen. It's, <laughs> but, but those are the things that later on you'll laugh yeah. at and look back on and say that wasn't that, you know, a, a great time or a great memory for us to have. And I'll offer, I'll offer something kind of in the whole vein of memory making. And you can literally look this on Amazon. They have vacation journals. If you're a parent, what would be fantastic as um, I, I do this, just keep when you're on, even if it's just while you're on vacation, 
Keep a journal each night before you go to bed. Write what y'all did that day. Write something funny. You don't even have to tell your children about it. When they get older, they're like, what's this vacation journal? And when they take it, it's going to take your child back to being 12. It's going to mm-hmm. take them back to being 15. You're like, man, I forgot all about that until I just read it. And you just unlock that memory. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take you long. But, man, having just write it down just, just to preserve those memories. So that way it's also a reinforcement reminder how much you love them. Um, and, and it's a really good thing. So... You ready for another question? Ready. All right. So somebody else wrote in to Robert this week, and I think this is a really good one because um, some parents are having to manage this with their children. Also, some of our listeners may be even going. um, We do have students and children uh, of parents who listen to this podcast. So this is a good question. And here it is. Ready? Ready. Um, How do you manage long distance relationships? Now, I'm going to take this twofold. I'm going to say, first of all, we're going to talk about... um, in a, in a marriage, marriage or pre-marriage context, because marriage sometimes is long distance. Mm-hmm. You never know military. Um, but then also, <laughs> we um, lived that. <laughs> but then also long distance relationship with your children. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. also another, another thing I heard this and, um, and just floored me. The average parent, um, child stays with their parents till they're 18, right? When the child moves out at 18, if you were to collect the time that that parent has with a child, this isn't on the whole, but this, I mean, this is across the board. It's not for every person, but if you were to collect the amount of time that you spend with your child after the age of 18, statistically it's one year, one year worth of time. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what that means is a lot of the relationship we have with our children is long distance. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is that. And if we don't figure out how to, um, bolster what that is relationship looks like now it's almost impossible it's a lot more difficult when it gets older but also let's let's just back it up because i know we have some listeners who uh want to be parents and they're in may find themselves in long distance relationship now and i kind of speak to this i've semi did that my wife and i dated um we we I, i went i was get my master's where she was getting her undergrad i would go there once a week and I would see her once a week for, during school year. And then later on when I moved, it was very difficult because I moved two and a half hours away. So we, we long distanced at about two years. Um, so all that to say, long distance can work. And actually, I think that if you figure out how to make it work, um, it actually can be healthy because you're not overly dependent upon each other. I think there's a level of freedom that comes in a romantic long distance relationship because that's my person. We have our time where we work on that, but while I'm over here, I'm working on my life and I'm not worrying about everything else. For me, that's very beneficial. We had those boundaries. It's like, I'm your boy, you're my girl. Okay, go do life. And then when we when we would talk and we'd hang out, it'd be better. There's an app we had, because there's an app for that, right? <laughs> it was called Couple. And uh, I downloaded it a while back because it has basically the whole first two years, three years of our relationship. It's just a, imagine a text messaging service where the only thing linked are those two phones. Mm. You can put important dates, you can share photos. It's, it's called couple and it links up to one other phone. It's actually a really mm. nice app. It's for married people too. But, uh, but yeah, I would think like, and, and when you're together spending that quality time, um, make, I, I would say go, it's okay to have a plan. You know, when I went to Anderson, oh, yeah. we didn't have a place to go cause I was, commuting i'm not gonna go in her bedroom at anderson because <laughs> right. that's where the dorm is it's right. a girl's bedroom so we would have a plan mm-hmm. um and sometimes it was go to the park one time we decided we wanted to meet halfway 
We said, we're going to meet. Okay, where are we going to meet? We're going to meet in this part of the upstate. Okay, which exit is it? That one, Pleasant Grove. Okay. There was nothing there. <laughs> it said there was a park. We went to a park. Yo, it was grown up. There was, <laughs> there was road grass. I'm getting like stickers on me. Uh, it was so bad. But like we just said, now it's a good memory. Mm-hmm. Like what we were doing, it was so bad. We're like, this is the absolute worst case scenario for meeting up with someone you like. But uh, but it was good. So I don't know if y'all, I mean, I'm sure y'all have had to do long yes. distance because Robert was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did y'all manage that? So, yeah, we had two deployments, um, in our, in our marriage when I was you know, overseas. Well, it, three, if you want to count the first one. Well, the, that's true. Your, your initial going in. Yeah. The initial training, which wasn't overseas, but it was a separation. That is true. Um, that was honestly, that one might've been the hardest because I was extremely limited in my ability to communicate. Um, so we did write letters back on paper, you know, which kids, that's where you, we, you take a piece of paper and that's the stuff that <laughs> books used to be made out of. And, and you would take a pen or a pencil and you'd, you'd actually write letters on it. And I mean, I mean, back words. In my day, you, yeah. saw, you got the old man <laughs> yeah. conversation going on. Over here. <laughs> um, and then you'd put it in the, in an envelope and, and the government would take it from where you are to where the other person was. And then you open it back up. See, people have been relying on the government for their communications <laughs> far too. That's why we're at where we're that's at. Where we are. No, but we would, so we did try to, we tried to communicate as much as we could um, on that. And, and you end up communicating about, you know, important things. Also, we should clarify that this was before smartphones. So oh, yeah, there really before. wasn't, you know, FaceTime or anything like that. Continue. I'm not sure I would have been allowed <laughs> to have a phone. No, I don't think you would. Anyway, but, um, but yeah, just trying to trying to find those times. Um, you know, you talked about having a plan. Yeah, and having a communication plan. You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk on Wednesdays at nine p.m. Or we're gonna you know we're gonna have these we're gonna have these times when we when we get together. Or you know we're gonna we're gonna write letters or send emails or send texts or whatever it is. Do those things. And a lot of this, I don't know if it's a if it's a me and my personality thing. Or if it's a guy thing, I really struggle with doing those connection things when I'm not physically there. Mm. Uh, and so for me, it's it it was a discipline. I did you know I did it because I knew that she needed that connection, and and I had yeah. to yeah, and, <laughs> and I had to and I had to keep that going even when it's like oh, okay I don't really feel like it. You know, it's not something that just jumps out at me and says, oh, I, I must do this thing. Um, you know, I don't I don't like to make phone calls, you know, but um, but I do. But you did it because I, I was it. worth it. Because <laughs> you were worth it. And I and I valued the relationship and I valued you and I wanted to show you that I loved you and I cared for you and keep that keep that connection going. You know, something else that you did, and I think this is still applicable today, is so this was before, right before iPhone was a thing. So it was, there wasn't the smartphone yet, but we were, I mean, every people could email and things like that. Um, and so we did exchange emails, but even though there was that connection, he still, like he said, we still wrote actual letters to each other, stuck it in the mail and would get things in the mail from each other. Mm-hmm. And that was also special because it was just, it was like something that they had held in their hands. Like I could hold a letter and know like he held this, he wrote on it, folded it up, stuck it in there. It was just, it was another layer of connection. It when is you're, different. Even mm-hmm. if the words are the same, that letter is, is a different 
thing than a yeah. Than well, it's like getting engaged and saying versus I'm getting an engagement ring versus you're going to get an engagement email. Be <laughs> <laughs> like, has more weight. How about the answer is no, and you can try again next week. <laughs> Spam folder. And one of the things that one of the things that April did with the kids when I was gone, because because there was an a, an additional aspect at that point, because it wasn't just us; it was now the kids and me. And one of daddy the th- was gone. Yeah, daddy was gone, and that was a really big deal. And so. You know, to be able to maintain that connection, one of the things that she did is she went to the post office and got those flat rate postal mm-hmm. boxes and she got one for every week that I would be gone and stacked them up on the counter in the house. And then every week it would be like, okay, here's the, this week's box is open. And, you know, the kids would draw things or write things or put whatever in there and they'd put snacks and stuff in there and, and send it to me. Every and, Friday, and Friday was, was, we would go with the kids, mm-hmm. we'd go together. Friday was go to the post office and... The dude at the post office on base where we lived and knew us, <laughs> but that was, was a lot of proactivity in that. It was, but it was yeah. it was important not just for him to receive it, but that was important for the kids too. And mm-hmm. I would say for anybody, regardless of what kind of long distance relationship it is, whether it's a, a couple or if it's parent child, but that sometimes if you if it's a temporary long distance and you know there's an end to it and they're coming back. Sometimes counting off those days can be very difficult mm-hmm. and overwhelming. And when he leaves for a deployment and we know how long he's going to be gone, it can be depressing to look at an X off day after day. Especially so, at the beginning. Yeah. And so that's why those um, boxes were a great idea. For, honestly, that for me because and my kids, because our kids, because I thought um, instead of seeing every single X for every day of the, you know, uh, every day of the deployment, now it's a box per week or a box every other week. And the stack wasn't as tall as if there was something for every day. And it was more, it just helped it feel like it's going away. It's going, it's, we're going to get through this faster than we thought. That's actually not a bad idea. Uh, You know, something else I would, I would offer to that. It sounds like y'all were doing this, if not intentionally, then subconsciously is don't be offended by the other person's love language. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're going to be in a long distance relationship and you don't know how they love, um, then you're, it's going to be exacerbated. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, for example, if, if your love language is quality time and you live in the same community some, with somebody, you're, you're default spending all this quality time with them. And then when you get married, you want some space and now they're upset because you, you, you're distancing yourself when you're just figuring out, oh, there are things, quality time. We've been doing that the whole time. That's not my thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if you are long distance, you actually have a way, a unique opportunity to care about each other in the way that you uh, that you do that, in the way that you... Like my, my wife's love language is random acts of kindness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one day um, we were already engaged. So I was like, all right, this is... We're, we're moving that way. And she was at, um, at, at Anderson University. So it was Valentine Day, and she didn't know it. And I just told her, I said, I got called into work. And what I really done is I drove up to her apartment mm-hmm. or her dorm. I'm standing outside, and I call her. She said, well, I said, look out the window. She goes, oh. She comes down. It's a random act of kindness. And then she gives me a hug, and she's like, what's that? And I bought her a puppy. It was in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> and I pulled the puppy out of my pocket. It was a tiny little puppy. And it was just like, it was a small thing. What I didn't know is I was going to be stuck house training a dog by myself for the next year. <laughs> that kind of, I uh, didn't think that through, but, but it was definitely um, trying to find her love language. So, so being aware of that is very important. I would say, especially if you're entering this relationship now. Also, uh, this goes without saying, but we just need to say it. If you're not married, you're not locked in. 
You know, if, if you're not married and this long distance thing is not working, um, it's okay to push pause and see what the Lord does if he wants you to. Like the worst thing you can do is just feel, because if you have that feeling, I'm locked in, chances are when you're away, you'll end up doing something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but if you are married, uh, guess what? That's your lot. You, you know, somebody said, I think it was a John Piper one time, Hey, I'm married, but how do I know if this is the right one? First of all, it's like, well, first of well, all, it's the wrong time to be asking. You're married. <laughs> the second of all, you're married. It's it the, the right, right one. one. Yeah. You know, so, so uh, I would just offer, if you are in a long distance, um, if you're a lady, you're not having night out on a town. I'm, I'm sorry, not, not, not with the boys, you know what I'm saying? No. Not in the way that you did when you were in your 20s. Guys, you're not, I mean, there's just certain, and, and I think some people listening right now rolling their eyes saying, oh, really? There are people yes, who really. need to hear mm-hmm. that, you know? No, really. I mean, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was going to come back to it if you didn't. You know, those boundaries, you said it early on, you know, you, you need to have boundaries there based on where your relationship is, right? Um, and that's, you know, if it's, if it's a dating relationship, there still should be boundaries there, right? They may Absolutely. be not as firm and different and, and negotiable, Um but especially after you're married, and, and that's one thing, you know, I still travel a good bit for work, and there are, I have rules and boundaries. There are things that I don't do when I go to work. There are places that I won't go, even if everybody else is going. You know, there are things that you just, you, you, you protect and you defend this relationship. You know, that's, that's one of my primary, primary goals. You know, when, when God put Adam in the, in the garden to begin with, he gave him, you know, a woman to love and a, and a mission to do, you know, a garden to till and a, and a family to serve and, and to protect. And that's that that calling still exists. And mm. that's something that we have to we have to guard um, intentionally. And men's default sin is to be passive. And mm. if you're going to be a long distance relationship, this is one sin you cannot succumb to. There's a lot of proactivity. It, it takes work. But then a woman deserves to be pursued in that way. And if you're unwilling to pursue her in that way before you're married, you shouldn't get married because the real pursuit starts once you get married. Mm-hmm. If you can't pursue her before you get married, then what are the chances that you're really going to have the heart for it the right way once you're married? Low. So that's where I would encourage maybe it's a time of reflection that needs to happen. Maybe you need to to speak with the Lord or speak with your somebody in your life who is wiser than you. I would encourage that. Um, but now on the and other once, oh, go ahead. And just real quick, yeah. once you are married, she still deserves to be pursued. That's what I'm saying. That's when yeah. it really cuts that's up. That's what it, I'm talking yeah, about yeah, right there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of the point. If you're not willing and to pursue her, you know, when you read the Song of Solomon, I mean, really, the pursuit did not begin in that book until they said, I do. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things. If you're, if, you, if you're relaxing on that before you're married, when you're married and it really needs to cut up to 10, you might not want to, and now um, you're you're in a situation that a pastor once said it's better to uh, not be married and wish you was, and to be married and wish you wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there's some truth, and unfortunately, a lot of people sit in that. Um, I think that when, once you realize that marriage is this thing you work for, and this thing you you gotta, um, you have to build a healthy marriage, which means sometimes it's going to be very difficult and time constraints um, add to that. But that's also why I think sometimes a long distance, if you make it through that, those are rock yeah. solid marriages a lot of times. And we're making it sound like marriage is a, is a, a discipline and a drudgery. It is a discipline, yeah, but an, 
it, it's an amazing joy, right? Yeah. And there's there's really nothing better than having a you know having a life partner who's always going to be there and who you can rely on, and and that's worth pursuing, yeah. right? That's that's worth continuing to, um, you know, to 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 cultivate. That's worth working for. Yeah, because the unstated thing that should be stated is we're doing a podcast on parenting, but all your kids leave. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be gone. I mean, they're yeah. still your kids. They're always your kids. But your spouse is the one in, in 20, 30 years, you're going to open up your eyes and see them in the morning, you know. So uh, hopefully they're still pursuing <laughs> you. <laughs> but, you know, also you were talking about the long distance aspect with our children, too. And, you know, that we had that come up with with our daughter when she went to um, college for first her undergrad um, you know, she moved about an hour and a half away and then now she's, um, a little further. She's about a little over two hours away now pursuing her, um, doctor of chiropractic now. And, um, we've, so we have that long distance relationship with her, but it doesn't feel long distance because we're pretty intent on trying to stay in touch a lot of ways. I mean, we use, um, our family group text where we're talking a lot, phone calls, FaceTime, Marco Polo app. I don't know if you know about the Marco Polo app. That's a fun mm. thing to use when you've got a long distance thing going on, whether it's short term or indefinite. Um, have you ever seen the Marco Polo I have not. app? Yeah, it's so little video clips. It's like little video clips and it's it's kinda like um Does it cost money? No. no. It's it's kinda like um like a group chat, except instead of yeah, instead of text, it's videos and you can oh, just Marco hold up, Polo. do a video clip. And then it pings to the group, and then you can reply your video replying to each other. And Savannah actually set that up when she left to go to a chiropractor school, and we've we've That's all been cool. using it. And then also we drive up there to see her. Sometimes we'll take off on a Friday afternoon or a Saturday and go see her, and she comes back when she can. Um, you know, a couple, six six seven times a year, eight times a year. So. Yeah, it's back to that intentionality thing that we come and, to. And I've found that I have to do that even even with our two sons that are still in town. Um, I will say, hey, let's let's go to lunch, you know, every couple of weeks or every once a week or every couple of weeks. It's like, hey, let's let's just go have lunch, just the guys and, and, and do that. Because if I don't if I don't intentionally make that time, it, it slips away and then it's been, you know, weeks and we haven't talked. And it does, it requires that. I know for us, um, my dad and I, a lot of times it's like we said, going to yard sales. I don't like getting up early, but I'll get up at 545 or 6 on a Saturday, my day off, because that's when dad is up and out. And, uh, you know, there was about seven years, well, about 10 years when I did not live remotely close to my parents. And I will give them credit for this. My parents are very good at calling. And I will go ahead and and just submit this. Uh, Parents... It, I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's a lot on the parents. Don't take it personal when the children don't call you. Mm-hmm. They're building their life. They're in their mind. They got goals. They're trying to achieve them. It's not that they do not take it personal. If you take it personal, that's how bitterness gets in. We know mm-hmm. what bitterness does in relationship. Mm-hmm. What you do is you just be the person. Be like, I'm the caller. Like in my relationship with my dad, he's the caller. It's not that I don't want to call him, but that's just kind of the role we fit in. Um, and also, I never text my father because he's a boomer. If you text him, <laughs> do you know, do you know uh, what's going to happen if I text my father? Nothing. No, <laughs> no, something. 30 seconds later. Phone call. Phone call. 
You want, what'd you want to say? I feel like, yes. Uh, so funny. you got to know how your parents work. And, and sometimes, mm-hmm. so sometimes I'm like, I'm about to step into a meeting. I want to text my dad real quick, but I don't text him because when he calls, I'm like, I got to go. And you know, and so, then, yeah, so, yeah. so, but, but yeah, parent, like assume response, say, say that's my role. The second, the quicker you can snap into that's my role. I will say at least what I've seen in other parents, they're frustrated because their kids don't want to talk to them. Like, what if you're just the person and then you call and once you take that burden, that unstated burden off of your child and you just carry it, you'd be surprised what that'll do to your long distance relationships. And if, if you are, if you, and if you have a parent and you have a long distance, you know what, and you want to be close with them, you be, you put the burden on you say, Hey, I'm going to call my parent. Uh, because here's, here's the thing. You ever heard that song? Um, I can't remember what it's called, but the cat's in the cradle with a silver spoon. Oh yeah, that yeah. song's really depressing. It's really, but but it is. It's about someone raising their children with um with certain priorities, and then once they get old, they want to have their children and enjoy them. But they instill the priorities, and you know they grew up just like their child. So mm-hmm. yeah, what's the biblical truth in there? That very last line: "You grew up just like me." You know, your 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 children will follow in your footsteps. A hundred percent. So for me, my grandfather lived in Wisconsin. And my dad lives in South Carolina. So growing up as a child, every single night, I would witness my dad watching WWF <laughs> and on the phone with his father during, during the commercials. That's when dad <laughs> would call. And uh, I think there's just something that I was raised to. Like even now, I go on walks. And uh, a couple nights ago, I called my buddy Blake and we talked two hours on the phone. It's like, guess I just kind of grew up doing it. So mm. I think it's one of those things where you really should be proactive in the area of long distance because it's one of those things. It doesn't just ha- naturally happen. It is, it is something that requires work. I mean, if you think about it, look at the, the, the scripture, the epistles, that mm. is an example. Yeah. That's a, that is an example of a long distance relationship. What, how would the church be today if we did not have those meaningful long distance relationships? We would have so much less yeah. understanding. Right. So um, when, when we're proactive to, to communicate, it doesn't just benefit us. It benefits the other people around us. So any, y'all have any more tips on the long distance? I know there's a lot That's going a lot. on there. Well, I just want to add just a quick thing that yeah. my daughter, we were, I didn't know you were going to, we were going to have that uh, question come up the other day. Savannah, uh, Savannah and I were talking uh, it's probably been a week or so, but we were talking about care packages and specifically, and she was telling us something that I thought was, you know, kind of funny. And there's, I'm sure a little bit of hyperbole in this, but she was saying how, um, how meaningful it was when we send the care packages. And she said something like you could, what is it that we're, what is it that she said we could fill it with something like you could just fill the whole box with like, um, what did she say? Like packing peanuts or, or marbles or something and some, something random. And she said, and I would just be so excited that I had a box to open that somebody mm. sent something to me, which of course we don't send that. We send, we send cool stuff. We I send fun stuff. But she listens to the podcast. Oh. So that. <laughs> um, but anyway, she was just talking about how, just knowing that someone cared about you enough, that mm-hmm. there's thought that goes into mm-hmm. sending that package. And it says, I thought about you. I planned this. I put it together. Time was invested. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just a real quick, let me send a text. Well, it's that's actually... A that's, series of things. It's a really good depiction of um, the love language of gifts. And, and a lot of people feel guilty for having that one. It's not. Because that's actually one of mine. I love giving them. I, don't, I love receiving them. Because it is. It's, it's not the thing... 
It's the fact someone was like, I'm going to take a portion of who I am and invest time or money into it Mm -hmm. while you're not even present and you don't even know for you. And then when you do that for somebody else, subconsciously, that's what you're saying. So uh, I think that's that's a great thing, and that's mm-hmm. kind of goes back to it. You got to know your, you got to know the person you you're trying to be with. You got to know how they like to be loved, yep. and and there are ways to do that, um, even on a long distance relationship. So, well, hey, this has been good today. Actually, we have some more questions that's come in, so I, I, we're probably going to take another whole podcast because we have some. Some of these are really heavy, so uh, way too much for us to discuss now. But yeah. we're we're going to revisit um, some more of these questions. If you have any more, next, like I said, we're going to be answering some more questions here on the podcast before we get back into our flow with some of the content we have coming down the pipe. So feel free to message us. In the meantime, I'm Delmar. I'm Robert, and I'm April. And we hope wherever you are, you're living in harmony. Have a good one.